Fun chapter. <clears throat> Could be a lot of yucking it up. In this yeah. Place. Could be. <clears throat> well, good evening and welcome back to our study in the Gospel of John and Mark. I just got to say, as we get started, do you know how long we've been doing this? You told me beforehand, so I will. Do you remember? <laughs> we, it's been six months because six this months. is a 26th lesson. So if we've done one each one, that's six months. Six months. So to all of you who have been with us for six months, Thank you very much. I, I don't know if I really anticipated this lasting no, uh, that long uh, when we got into it, but, uh, but we appreciate everybody for all the comments, all the uh, emails that have been shared with us, all the thoughts. So thank you. Uh, it's been a fun six months. I have really enjoyed this, the way doing it, the way we've done it. Uh, this has been unique, but it's been a, it's been a great time. Right, and hopefully, hopefully everybody has uh, gained a little more appreciation for this uh, wonderful gospel. But we're not done yet. We have one more chapter. And so tonight, we want to get into John chapter 21. And let's just go ahead and say it. This is a fun chapter. This is a fun chapter. Uh, I'm going to enjoy this. Fun story, interesting story, also an incredible conversation and then John is going to uh, give us some insight personally about himself uh, and maybe uh, settling some talk and some yeah. scuttlebutt yes. uh, that maybe had been going through the brotherhood uh, for many years. So here we are in John chapter 21, and where the disciples are, they're back at the Sea of Galilee, and they're there because Jesus said go there. And so that's what they did. Uh, it is kind of interesting, if you were to study this from many of the commentator point of views, uh, there are many out there think, well, they've gone back to their old lives. Uh, they just decided to go back to being fishermen, and maybe there's a little bit of discouragement here, and that may be the case, but I'm not so. so sure. I think Peter's being Peter. Yeah. No, the Lord has appeared to them. But it doesn't look like it was on a daily, consistent basis. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, was a come surprise and go thing. Yeah. It was a come and go, and we're going to see another surprise here. Mm -hmm. And so I think Peter being Peter, uh, he's saying, look, I don't see the Lord around here right now. I'm a fisherman. I'm going fishing. Yeah. And so here's his buddies. It's, uh, John is one of his buddies. He identifies himself as the sons of Zebedee, but... The ones that seem to have been in the initial crowd are the same ones. Now, we didn't see Thomas in the initial crowd, but we saw Nathaniel. Mm -hmm. And so I think the other two that they mentioned there, my opinion, and this is opinion, right. I think it's Andrew and Philip because they were the first ones there at the same time. So if they are the other two, then it's the same bunch that was there at the beginning. And it is interesting uh, in the way that John shares this with us. He makes sure we know that Simon is there yes. and Nathaniel and Thomas, yes. you know. Uh, so you have James and John. It's how he calls himself just the yes. sons of Zebedee. Right. And then certainly Peter. And uh, Peter, being the leader that he is, says, all right, guys, let's go fishing. Yeah. Hey, we're here. We're waiting. Uh, let's do some fishing. And they fish all night and catch nothing. That seems to be... I think they're fishing. <laughs> they're night fishermen. Isn't that the... Well, isn't that is. usually the case? Well, uh, here they are out all night casting and get nothing. Now, is this done? It's not the first time. It's not the first time they've been out there and caught 
Nothing. No, nothing. Uh, I was just actually talking to Charlie Page. Yeah. Uh, he and Frank Caulfield did some fishing last week, and they were fishing a lot like the Apostles, uh, apparently, uh, catching If you go with Tim Wessel, this is going to be usually what happens this to is, you. This is what happens to you. You're not going to catch most of so Tim, Charlie, Frank, anybody out there who's just real good at drowning worms, but that's about it. Uh, this is your story. But then Jesus shows up. And we're probably, the, the text shows us, not far from shore, uh, just a, a, a couple hundred cubic. So it's probably 100 yards, 150 yards, not, not too terribly far from shore. And Jesus calls out, children, do you have any fish? And they answered, no. And he said, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Now, can we just say that if this has happened to you before, yes, and now you hear that same kind of wonderful fishing advice again, shouldn't your antenna go up immediately? You would think, of course, the first time over in Luke 5, at least the Lord had been out uh, speaking. Sure. He was off the shore, had taken one of their two boats, and he was off the shore preaching to the crowd. Right. And so he's now finished preaching, and he says to Peter, all right, let's, let's fish. And Peter says, Lord, we've been fishing all night and hadn't caught a thing. Get back in the boat and push out of the boat. Yeah. And he says, look, Peter, just cast over here where I'm telling you to cast and things will be fine. And so there's the first story. Yeah. Now you got somebody on the beach that they haven't identified, quote unquote, who's a stranger. They've been fishing all night, and he said, "Well, cast out on the right, you'll get a catch." That's now, great. how many people <laughs> would tell that to somebody after an all-night fish and them not? Hey, get hey, a clue? we've heard this fishing advice before. Yes, uh, the right side of the boat—that is a special side of the boat, yes. I guess. You know, but. They throw the nets out again. Immediately, there is an incredible catch. And John finally, finally says, it's the Lord. Yes. And then Simon Peter. Simon Peter just his thing. splits. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, guys, you guys keep pulling in. It says that they are struggling yeah. to get the fish They're in. struggling. I'm out of here. Yeah, that's right. I'm uh, going to go see the Lord. Puts on his outer garment, jumps in the water, and swims to the Lord. It says 100 yards. We don't yeah. know how deep 100 yards is the Sea of Galilee right there on the, on the coast. Uh, so he may have to fish or to swim some. Yeah. At least he could have walked probably some of the way. But here the other six are in the boat struggling to get the fish mm -hmm. on shore. Now that, that seems to be pretty important to John because he says how many there were. Sure. 153. Now, what is interesting, when they do get to shore, uh, they know that they have 153 large fish, and then it's Peter who has to go take the net from the boat. Yeah. Tell him, All right, we got them in the boat, Peter. Right. You're bringing them the rest of the way in. And but even on the shore, look at it. There is a fire going, Jeez. charcoal. Yeah. There is bread already there, and he already has some fish. Yeah. on the fire. So I think it was Mark Mosley that said one time, it's scriptural to fry fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> or so at least don't give them. me any bait. Don't give me any baked fish. Don't give me any broiled fish. The Lord was frying the fish. Well, and it is interesting too. Every time the Lord did cook, He was cooking fish. That's right. We we see that a lot. Right. Uh, the Lord in His fish uh, suppers. Uh, but this is just simply the setup. And this miracle, like all the other miracles, we know miracles are simply to get the attention, but they're a sign pointing to something more important. And the message in the sign was, going back to Luke 5, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Yeah. I'm going to make you, you trust me in my directions, as odd as it may seem to you, the other side of the boat or push out a little farther, whatever, you do what I tell you, you will become fishers of Men. And I wonder if something else is kind of interesting too. The miracle isn't just in the fact that they didn't, that they caught fish. I think there's a miracle in the fact they didn't catch any fish, that that was part of the setup with it all. And maybe there is a powerful message in that as well to all of us. You know, without the Lord, there won't be success. And with the Lord, there is great success. Well, and in two, if you just listen to what the Lord tells you, there will be success. Right. And I think, again, he has to get this over to these seven. Uh, there's, there's four there that are not with them. Right. But these seven, they're learning a lesson. Sure. There again, uh, reinforcement. Just listen to what I tell you to do and you will be fine. So at the beginning of the ministry and at the end of the ministry, the same powerful message. And John wants us to see that, and it's John who reveals it for us. But there's actually another message coming uh, that is also very powerful, and this brings us really to verses 15 uh, all the way down to 19, and this is the conversation between our Lord and Simon, Simon Peter. And... We've all heard this probably many times. Hopefully you've had the time to read John 21, so you've read it already. This is that discussion in which Jesus asked John, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And I think there's some importance in this. I think personally he's taking Peter back to the three denials. Yes. And that the, the scripture tells us, and John tells us in verse 14, that this is the third time that Jesus has been with them. Uh, Simon maybe is another time where Simon saw him on his own. Well, I think these are, out, this is a group. But this is the group. This is the group together. And everybody Third time together. Been a group. And so it's time for the Lord to address this with Simon. And, and he does it. And uh, whether the others can hear the whole conversation or not, we don't know. It's certainly been revealed to John. John knows what was said. But you find those three questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And the third time, he's grieved. He's grieved. He is, and so much has been made uh, out of these words. Yeah. Uh, agape the first two times, and Peter answering phileo all three times, right. and finally the Lord saying phileo the third time, and Peter saying phileo. A lot has been made out of that, and maybe, maybe too much. Yeah, um, yeah. The Lord, when he uses the term love, it's going to be agape. It has been all the way through Scripture right. with with Paul. It's agape in 1 Corinthians 13. It's agape in Ephesians 5 when it says to the husband, love your wife. 
in the one point I would get across with the term agape with the Lord is this can be a learned love. This is a commanded love. Right. So we can't get away from that. But I don't know if it's that important in this particular case. Yeah, and, and that's if what, what Mark's referring to is when Jesus says, do you love me? It is the word agape. And Peter will always reply, phileo. And so uh, the thought process by some is Jesus is saying, do you love me like nothing else? And Peter's being honest. You know, I thought I did, but now I'm just going to say I love you with brotherly love, phileo. And so you see that exchange. But you can also make the case that Scripture and in conversation back in those days, much like we do today, yeah. we will use synonyms for other words and just use them interchangeably without necessarily making a big point. And, and so when Peter hears him the third time say, do you love me? It is phileo that the Lord says. I don't know if that's necessarily a dig no. by Jesus. I don't think that's necessarily the case. But what I do think is important, it's a third time. Mm -hmm. And I think what's even more important is that all three times Jesus gave Peter a mission. Yes. And so if it is indeed taking him to the denials, which I think it is, he's saying to Peter, you love me? Good. Get to work. Yes. You love me? Get to work. Now, what I do appreciate is in great detail is the words in the Greek in which you see Peter's reply. And what Peter says to the Lord after the third time is it says, and Peter was grieved. This is verse 17. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. And so to me, Peter gets it. Oh, three. I see where we're headed with yeah. this now. But Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Now, the Greek word know there is also two different words in the Greek. The first time when Peter says, Lord, you know all things, it is a word for supernatural knowledge, to know everything. You know everything. It's an oida, it's a... It's the idea of that Greek word oida that says, you know all. The second word is a word that expresses experience. We've been around each other long enough. We've been together long enough. We've experienced a relationship. You know that I love you. And so Peter's doing what I think all of us would do when we realize maybe our character, or our actions, or something is being questioned. We plead to the person to look deeper than what we've done, to look beyond our actions. Please look at my heart. Yeah. You know I love you. Yeah, he's throwing himself at the feet yeah. of yes. Jesus and uh, saying, you know my heart. You know my heart. You know how miserable I was when I, I denied when I you. Went bitterly. Just, and I went yeah, bitterly. Yeah. I could have cut my tongue out. And you know that. Right. What I would have loved to have Ben, where I would have loved to have been was that first meeting with Simon by himself. That yes. would have been. What happened And then? nothing, yeah. nothing is said. Simon did not tell Mark about it to the point that I don't want you telling people about it. Yeah. And Matthew, I, I guess, didn't know what had happened. And the people that Luke was, was researching with certainly hadn't meant it. So Peter never shared 
with anybody what that first meeting with the Lord was all about and how, how it went. Yeah. That must have been so personal. Um, but here, I think the confrontation, if you want to call it that, is you are now in front of your fellow disciples and uh, they know the story about your denials. They know how you behaved in that period of time. Now, I want them to hear with their own words just how you feel and what you're going to do for me. And the idea of feeding sheep, I think, first and foremost, deals with this, this group. Yes. I, I need you to be the leader. I need you to step forward. I need you to feed and provide. Y'all are all going to work together clearly in my kingdom, but I, I, I need you here. And, and here's what's going to happen, Peter. One day, one day, you will indeed go where you don't want to go. You will be taken and your hands will be stretched out in a manner that you don't want to stretch them out. But one day, you're going you're gonna to give yourself and you're going to glorify God with your death. And John makes it clear, and this is what's important about understanding the dates of books that are written. Verse 19, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Everybody who's reading John in the first century knows how Peter died. You know, uh, history tells us that he died the death of a martyr, uh, possibly being crucified, maybe even upside down. Even upside down, down yeah. Uh, and so he died like Jesus died. He did fulfill exactly what he wanted to do. Lord, I will die for you. I will go all the way for you. Well, Jesus says that's going to happen. That is going to happen, and, and, and John's saying it did. And so after that, after he told Peter, here's how it's going to end, he said, follow me, trust me. And Peter does. Peter does. Uh, until verse 20. <laughs> Peter <laughs> becomes Peter <laughs> again. Peter, Peter continues <laughs> to do what yeah. Peter does well. Uh, That's here, why I love Peter He's somebody. just, man, that guy, he has that foot in his mouth constantly. And so here's one more time. Now, I believe John is sharing this with us, not so much to have a dig on Peter. Mm -hmm. We've already seen how Peter's going to die, and John brings that out. I think now, and you were making this point, this is probably has more to do with John than it does Peter. I think the whole chapter has to do with John, uh, and he's going to get to that. And this is how I see the scenario. He's 90, 95 years old. This is 60, 65 years maybe uh, after the Lord's death. And there's still probably a rumor going on uh, in the brotherhood because of this event saying, John, look how old you are. Are you going to live forever? Is that rumor true uh, that we've heard all these years that the Lord said that you weren't going to die? Look at you. Uh, you've outlived everybody. And so... I, I can see John sitting down and said, all right, let me tell you the story. Now, here's the story, and it's an interesting story. It goes all the way back to one of the times that the Lord came to us, uh, and uh, this is when we had to cast a, a net again and look like fools because we had done it before, and now we're doing it again, and we didn't even remember or even think about it. And then the story with Peter and him really confessing his love to Jesus and the Lord intending him to do that. What a great story. But the key to this whole story is, was, Peter, this is how you're going to die. Yeah. 
And Peter, being Peter, said, well, what about him? <laughs> what about John? If I'm going to die that way, what are you going to do with him? And they're true brothers now. They yeah. may not have been it's brothers right. at the time, but boy, right. they're true brothers now. And so, what are you going to do with him? That's right, John. <laughs> Peter said, what are you going to do with him? And the Lord answers that. What's that to you? What's that to you? I'm asking you to tend my sheep. I'm asking you to follow me. That's your instruction. If I want him to remain till I return, then I will do that. He's not your business. You and me, this is between us. And so every, all the other guys around there are saying, did he just say that John's not going to die? And so I think John is answering that because there's been this rumor for years, 60 years maybe. Yeah. He says, no, the Lord did not say that. Here's what he said. The <laughs> Lord didn't say I was going to be here forever. Yes. I don't want to be. No. Uh, but I, I, I will live longer. And, and that's the point. And, and then there's certainly the clear application that we can all make in our own lives with the story of the fishing. We, we need to be so obedient that we obey the Lord, even if the command seems crazy to us. Yeah. Uh, our role is to cast the net and to serve in his kingdom. Uh, there's a point where we, we don't technically need all the answers and maybe those things won't be clear to us, uh, especially in the beginning, but you obey the Lord. Uh, the second thing, if you love the Lord, if you love him, you're gonna get busy in his kingdom and you have a responsibility, a responsibility to feed sheep, a responsibility. We, we are not consumers. We are all to be producers. That's what Christianity is to be. And the Lord had called the disciples to a mission. And here's the mission is in us as well. And then uh, thirdly, the third application I, I think is just because my path, my life may be a little different than my brothers, I follow my Lord regardless and I don't worry about other people. Don't become obsessed with what others have, don't have, or what the Lord is expecting of them. You obey the Lord from where you are yes. with what you've got. What you've got. And what you can do. Yeah, and here's what's interesting. If this is truly written later in the first century, Peter's been dead, what, 20 years? 25 years, maybe? It could be 30. Yeah, uh, so Peter's, Peter's already given himself a long time uh, to the glorification of the Lord with his death that he died. And, and here's John. Here's John still persisting. And he's probably, clearly by this time, the last one. You know, the others. Uh, history points out to us have already given themselves for the Lord. And so John's just filling in the rest of John it. is the only one by history that died a natural death. Yeah. The rest of them dry, uh, died a moderate martyr's death. Well, and his life wasn't comfortable either. No. Uh, you go the Isle of Patmos could Patmos, not have been too pleasant. It, it was not a place of comfort. It was not a tropical island. And then he concludes with these words. Now there were many other things that Jesus did, and so true. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And what a great line to end this incredible, because even these stories, we didn't even really get them all. We no. just got snippets of them, but these wonderful miracles, seven miracles, seven I am statements, actually more than seven miracles when you throw in uh, the resurrection and what we saw here on the shore of Galilee, but the seven big miracles that are used by John to uh, make us believe, help us believe, strengthen our belief in the Lord. It's good stuff. It's wonderful stuff.
thing I'd want to point out, Peter loves to fish. It's, it's just obvious. Yeah. And so here's Peter fishing all night, getting nothing. That'd be frustrating to anybody. Sure. But then what does he say to Peter in verse 15? Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, it's interesting. People have speculated that What's he maybe to? he's pointing to these other six disciples here. Do you, do you love me more than you do these? Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I think he's pointing to the 153 fish. Yeah. Do you love me more than you love to fish? I know your weakness. I know how you love to fish. Now, I want you to take that same attitude that you have towards fishing and put it to work for me. Yeah. I really believe that, that if you show the love for me and what you can do for me the same way you love to fish, you had a night of frustration. And I guarantee you, Peter, you'll go out tomorrow night and fish again because you love to do it. Sure. And so if you will love me that way, even more than that, same intensity, more intensity, and go out and tend my sheep, we will be fine. That's certainly a powerful way of looking at it. Also for Peter and the rest of them, it, from what we understand and know, this is the last time they will fish like this. Uh, I can only assume that they took the 153, they took them in town, made a little money. Yeah. That's what fishermen do. But from here on, they're gonna be relying on the Lord and they're gonna be relying on brethren to provide for them. Paul will make tents. We see that from Paul. But for the most part, all of these evangelists are just throwing themselves on the mercy of the Lord's blessings. And that takes a lot of faith. Yes. And that takes a lot of trust. And, and what it shows is, I trust the Lord. I love the Lord. And, and isn't it great, though, still, that Peter got to look the Lord in the face and say, I love you. Yes. Yeah. I love you. And who wouldn't want that wonderful blessing to say, I love you, but we can certainly show the Lord we love him. This is also in John, uh, John 14, 15. If you love me, says Jesus, you will keep my, keep my commandments. And that's what we want to do more than anything else. Well, that's the gospel of John. I can't believe it's over. 26 weeks. How about Six that? months. Six months. Six months. But we have thoroughly enjoyed this. We've enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully you have as well. And hopefully this has enriched all of us as we learn from the beloved disciple and have these conversations with each other. All right, anything you want to add, Mark? I'll ask you that one more time. Well, again, we just want people to come back to worship. It's, it's, please, uh, it's as safe as it's going to be. It's, it's safer than your, it, it's safer than your drugstore. It's safer than, than the grocery store. It's safer than your restaurants. Uh, we have it situated here that it's a should be a comfortable place for you to come and so if you haven't been continue to think about coming back and being with us and we're going to constantly be looking at protocol uh more and more people are getting the vaccine now especially those over 65 uh that want to get the vaccine and, and hopefully here soon others will have that opportunity as well so we just want everybody to feel safe but again uh on behalf of the elders please please reach out to us uh, if we haven't talked to you in a while and there's some needs that you have, please let us know. If there's anything that we can do here, uh, when we assemble, 
to, to make it more accommodating, we, let us know. Let us know how we can work with you. Now, one thing that we want to do is let you know that while this may be our last study in the Gospel of John, we're already working on our next class. Yes. We're, we're, we're working on some ideas. And so that will be uh, something that we will be revealing to you soon once we know exactly uh, what we're going to do. We enjoy this so much. We want to keep doing it. Exactly. We, we have really uh, enjoyed it. And Mark, it's been great hanging out with it you. It really has. And we've gone to lunch each week <laughs> just before we, before we filmed this. So we've had a great tradition going here for the last six months. And if you want to catch us on the podcast, uh, we now have a Glen Springs Church podcast where our sermons and this class and other classes uh, are being uploaded. So you can listen while you're in your car, while you're making dinner, just pull it up online and you can participate in the podcast. But all these lessons uh, will be up there soon. So... I'm looking forward to whatever we're going to do next. All right. Well, thank you all so very much for joining us. And may all of us have that conviction of Thomas to say, my Lord and my God, and may all of us show the Lord just how much we love him by following him and tending his sheep. Good night. Good night.